0: Friends, welcome to church. My name is Adam, and it's my joy to be the senior pastor here at First United Methodist in Kearney. I'm so glad you are joining us for worship out there in internet land, and I got a shirt with buttons on, I got my hair did, I'm feeling pretty good about myself. I hope you are too, and I hope this service can be a source of hope and encouragement for you. As a part of worship, we'll be singing praises to God. We'll be hearing from God's word together. We'll have the chance to pray together. And we'll also have the chance as a part of worship to be generous. And one of the things we're celebrating today is our 2020 seniors. We love you all so much. We're so proud of you. And I'm going to hand it off to our student ministry staff, Kaylee and Amy.
1: Hi, friends. I'm Kaylee Johnson, and I work alongside Amy O'Hare with our Impact Student Ministry. We wanted to take time today on what would have been graduation day to congratulate and celebrate our awesome 2020 seniors. We know this year did not end how you thought it was going to end. And we just want you to know that we are praying for you. We love you and we are so proud of you. We cannot wait to see where God takes you in your next chapter of life. With that being said, here's the video. Good morning, my name is Amy O'Hare and I am the Student Ministry Director here at Carney First United Methodist Church. And I invite you guys to pray with me um, as we go in prayer over the class of 2020. God, for many of us these days can bring a feeling of uncertainty and nostalgia. We pray for the senior class of 2020. May your grace be sufficient during these strange and chaotic days. May they find peace and love when the air is thin. Be with them when their grief wells up and when they mourn the loss of experiences that might have been or for experiences that have been pushed back. Be with them, God, in their emotions with prom or sports or awards nights or graduation or any other extracurricular activity. May students love and be loved during this time and that they still find ways to discover new opportunities to connect with family, to find rest when needed, to recenter themselves, and to find new ways to connect with each other and in their community. We lift up their hearts to you, God. Help them and us to discover a time of profound renewal. Empower us all and move us from despair to hope, from divisiveness to neighborliness, and from being strangers to being the body of Christ. For it was you who taught us all to pray Amen.
2: Hey, I just wanted to do a uh, quick shout out to Tess Martin. Um, first, congratulations on uh, completing school in this most craziest way you could possibly graduate. Um, I couldn't think of anybody stronger than you to actually go through this. Um, and so while it does suck, uh, I'm super happy that everything worked out, that you get to graduate and get to go to UMKC. Woo. Go Roos uh and i'm super jealous because you're gonna have a great music career please don't forget me when you make it big uh, but uh, for everyone watching at home this is tess um, representing Westside. Mitch here, and I want to invite you to join me in prayer this morning. Lord, we come to you this morning. We come to you from all sorts of places, of places of hardship and heartache and struggle, and places of joy and gladness and happiness. We come. Thankful for this opportunity to gather together in our homes and in spaces with friends once again as Our community opens up we ask your blessing over over our leaders and those people that their decisions affect we ask your blessing over the hurting and the sick and we ask your blessing over the healthy and the families that are avoiding sickness safely and securely at their homes we ask your blessing over all those responding in this time and we ask your blessing and protection over this faithful congregation may you open our hearts and our minds as we take your message and your word in and put it to use this morning amen amen
0: we are taking a deep dive into one of the most beloved, most studied, most read scriptures of all time, Psalm 23, written by a shepherd named David. Now we get the word psalm from an ancient word meaning songs of praise. These were the treasured poems and songs of the people of Israel. And we're looking at what it means to consider God as our shepherd and that when we follow this good shepherd, that'll affect our desires or what we want. And last week, we talked about uh, following God, our, our good shepherd, and being on the move. And that that God doesn't promise us permanence, but he does promise us peace. This week, we'll be looking uh, in a closer way as to what it means to follow the shepherd and that he provides all of this for his name's sake. My dad's side of the family is from rural northeast Missouri, and I remember him telling me about the time when he got his first loan. And so he went in and talked with the banker there in Edina and explained what he was hoping to do. He didn't have credit or anything like that. He he wasn't even 20 years old, and so the banker sat and listened to him, and he made the loan, not because of what my dad did or didn't have on the application, but because this banker Knew my dad's family. He knew the Musto name. Right, that's one of the advantages of living in a small community. You can have this kind of kind of knowledge or 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 communal feel. My grandma and grandpa, my my dad's mom and dad, had owned the grocery store and the butcher shop in Edina forever. And so this banker trusted that my dad wouldn't skip out on the loan again, not because of my dad being special, but because he knew that my dad wouldn't skip out on it and tarnish the family name. This banker had trust in my dad's name. The pride we take in our name, in our reputation, it it matters. And and this may seem like an old-fashioned idea in a society that kind of views any attention as good attention. It's also easier than ever to make a very public mistake very quickly with the gift and curse of technology. I have actually thanked God that all of this social media stuff wasn't around when I was in high school. I mean, cause you could just pop off and it's there forever. So 2020 seniors, I salute you for living in a world where your thoughts as an 18 year old are forever preserved online. Good luck. Over and over in the Bible, we read about the sacred honor of God's name. This is something we pray every time we say the Lord's Prayer, hallowed be thy name. In the 23rd Psalm, we'll learn that all of the things the shepherd does for the flock, everything he provides is for his name's sake. And so what I hope we'll discover today is that God restores us so that we can represent him. Well, let's get into it. Psalm 23, One through three, I'll catch you up on the last two weeks. If you've missed those, I'd encourage you to check that out online. So we'll read verses one and two and also verse three. It's not going to take long, right? The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. So those were the last two weeks, and now this week. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths For his name's sake. Now, did you notice something? When verse 3 starts, it's, in my view, really a continuation of verse 2. Our modern punctuation indicates that, and and so does kind of the the logical flow of thought when you read the passage. This is one of the nuances of studying the Bible. The chapters and verses weren't there originally, in fact, they weren't there for over a thousand years. This is a, a modern insertion, a modern invention to help us study the Bible, but it wasn't there originally. It's important for us to remember that. These, these chapters and these verse marks are extremely helpful, but they don't always maintain the continuity of thought. We should remember that David wasn't writing this psalm and like scratching a little three in the margin, right? No, chapters and verses are a modern edition. These were instituted in the 16th century by Robert Sdn. Shout out to him. The first part of verse three, he restores my soul, really completes what we looked at last week. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. The Hebrew word here is also translated restore. Some of you may be more familiar with that translation. And the word is yesobab in the sense is to restore, to return, or to bring back. So along with this refreshing, peaceful scene that that the psalm is giving us, embedded in the language is the idea that God brings us back. God brings us back. This is precisely the picture Jesus describes in Luke 15. Jesus is being criticized for who he kept company with. And in response to the most religious folks who were critical of him, in Luke 15, he tells three stories, boom, 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 right in a row. And the first one of those is the parable of the lost sheep. This is from Luke 15, verses three through seven. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, rejoice with me. I have found my lost sheep. I tell you in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. Jesus was confronting an attitude, this, this toxic disposition of the most religious people who almost took pleasure in, in, in people being far from God and, 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 and this sort of dooming sentence they laid upon them that they were beyond hope. Inherent in Psalm 23 is the truth that as God's sheep, we will go astray. And so it's good news for us that God is in the business of bringing us back. We will leave the safety and security of the flock at some point. But it's part of the duty of the good shepherd to restore us, to bring us back. And so how exactly does God do that? He guides me along the right paths. Last week, we talked about the shepherd leading the flock from pasture to pasture and 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 to different uh, locations where they could where they could rest and lie down and be well fed and well watered. This meant that the sheep and his flock were on the move. A good shepherd would know the land. They would they would know the terrain, especially the dangerous parts. They wouldn't just let sheep run around willy nilly. No no no. They had a very specific path they wanted them to go on. This is a picture of Nahel Perret. In, in what would be modern, uh, excuse me, what would be ancient Judea. What do you notice? Well worn paths. The shepherd would, would lead the flock at a certain slope and angle to make sure the sheep didn't tumble down the hill or, or fall off a cliff and injure themselves. Here's another picture of an arid setting where the shepherd supervises the movement of the sheep. So as sheep, uh, they follow the shepherd, and as they follow one another, they make these paths into the landscape. I just love that image. Now, the Hebrew word we read that's translated into English right is "sedeq," and that means what is accurate or correct and honest. But beyond just describing behavior, the root word of "sedeq" is also used other places in the Old Testament to reflect the standard of right relationship we have between God and people. So it's, it's not just about following the rules. Following uh, the shepherd on the path doesn't just mean strict obedience or else. It does involve that, but it's also about the right sense of relationship between God and people. And, and, and it's important for us to remember all of this, this being put on the right path, is for our benefit as sheep. A lot of us don't like being told what to do We'd rather make our own choices. We would rather go our own way. Jesus spoke about what is best for us and which path we will choose. In Matthew 7, he says this, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. There are an infinite number of choices we can make that are sinful. There's a great variety of paths that we can choose to go down. Week one, we talked about who we follow determines our desire. So we can go down the path of chasing success or or pleasure or self-obsession, or again, lots of other things, all of which will leave us lacking. Whenever we baptize or confirm someone, we, we pray over them and I love this moment. Because part of that prayer that we always include, uh, whether it's an infant just getting baptized or, or someone who's old enough to make their own decision of faith, we say, May the Holy Spirit work within you and defend you, that you may be a true disciple of Jesus Christ who walks in the way that leads to life. Friends, the way that leads to life is believing in Jesus Christ. We read this in the book of 1 Corinthians By this gospel, you are saved that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. We follow Jesus as our good shepherd. The path that he has laid out for us is not complicated, nor is it easy. He says, here's what it all boils down to, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. That's the path. So we've seen that God restores us and and puts us on the right path. Why? Or, Or for what? As my dad would say, so what? Every sermon should have a so what? For his name's sake. So far in Psalm 23, we've read about how the shepherd provides for the sheep, leading them to green pastures that he likely cultivated providing wells for the sheep to drink deeply from in peace, not a fast river current or or a place where they're vulnerable to predators. And we've read about how the shepherd brings them back on the right path of safety and security. The shepherd does all of this because he has a deep desire to see the sheep prosper, what kind of shepherd are you if, if your sheep are all mangy and scrubby looking, eking out a living on overgrazed land, feasted on by pests with stray sheep running around everywhere? A good shepherd sees a need with the sheep or, or, or uh, notices one that is sick or stray and says, whoa, not on my watch. Because the condition of the flock is, is also a reflection of the shepherd. Biblical culture was steeped in a society that operated on honor or shame. So much of social protocol was motivated by bringing your family honor or the consequences of doing the opposite. Having an upstanding name was one of the highest values of biblical culture. This is why we read so much about the name of God. Right? And we sing lots of songs about it. What a wonderful name it is. There's power in the name of Jesus. Your name is a light that the shadows can't deny. Blessed be the name of the Lord. What does it mean? When the Bible speaks of the name of someone, it's, it's referring to their reputation. That's certainly true in Psalm 23. The shepherd's goodness is reflected in the good provisions that they give to the sheep, and that confirms the shepherd's good name. So all the good things God provides are evidence of God's goodness. Now, there's another sense of of name when it's used in the Bible, and it's about authority and credibility. A very famous passage, also from the Psalms, says this, "'Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord.'" I was on my way home from a meeting in Columbia several winters ago, and I stopped to gas up at the Casey's Pizza in Boonville, some of the best pizza around, if you ask me. I'm not an expert on many things, but pizza is one of them. I could also tell you every Casey's along I-70. It's one of the things I just got in my brain here. Uh, It was winter. It was like 11 at night, and on my way in, I noticed a guy on his cell phone Kind of frustrated uh, with his two little girls standing there looking sad. And I tried not to eavesdrop too much, but it became apparent pretty quickly that his car had broke down and he was in a tough spot. And so I asked him where he was heading, and he was on his way to Kansas City. He had family in Lawrence. So I said, Well, if, if your family can meet you north of the river, I can take you west to Kansas City. And I explained, I know uh, that he was probably a little nervous. I was a stranger. I told him I was a dad. I showed him my two car seats in the back of my car. And and I tried to say, listen, man, I I would just want someone to do this for me if I was in the same spot. So just dad to dad, uh, I'd like to help you out. And he was still kind of thinking it over. And finally, I played the trump card. I said, look, man, I'm a pastor. You don't got anything to worry about. And I pulled out my phone and I showed him my church website. And that was what finally turned the tide. I was a total stranger to this guy. I'm nobody, but he and I knew the same somebody. It was because of the name of the Lord that he trusted me and put his children in my car. God restores our souls. God brings us back to the right path. God rescues us for his name's sake. We then get to represent that name for the sake of others. This is one of my favorite verses of all time from 2 Corinthians chapter five. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. So wherever we go, when we can't claim the name of Christ as our shepherd, our savior, we aren't just representing ourselves, we're representing him. We want God's goodness, God's provision, God's faithfulness to be so evident in our lives so that others possess it as well. God restores us so we can represent him. And everybody said, amen. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for the chance to be together in worship. Thank you for these precious words of Psalm 23 where we're reminded that you long to care for us as a shepherd looks after their flock. God, we admit before you in this moment that we, like sheep, have gone astray, that many times we would prefer to choose our own way. That, that, that we stray from your path often, that we do not love you or our neighbor. And so we ask God for your forgiveness this morning and we thank you for your great mercy that you are a God who brings us back and sets us on the right path. God, help us to be obedient to you. Help us to recognize that it's for our betterment and it's for not only our good for the sake of others that we could represent your great name. Help us to do that this week. Help us to do that from home. Help us to do that whenever we leave the house. Help us to do that at all times and in all places. We thank you that we have been restored so that we can represent you. Amen. Friends, as a part of worship, we have the opportunity to be generous, and I want to thank you for your continued faithful support of the vital ministries of this church. One of the things I love most about our church is our passion for outreach, and we've had lots of creative people being uh, uh, faithful in their outreach and caring for our our community even as they remain at home. And one of the groups I'm really proud to be associated with is a group of sewists who have worked with an organization called One Mask at a Time. And in less than a month, they've already cranked out like 500 masks. And we're receiving requests from all over the metro area. We're partnering with other folks in the community to help folks be safe and continue to serve others uh, in their essential work. So thank you so much, SOAS, for for your work. And thank you, uh, church, for your support of ministry that continues even in these crazy times. We have three ways uh, that you can give. If you're accustomed to writing a check, we can receive that as normal if you mail it to the church. You can give online through our website, or you can text GIVE to 816 354 1760. Let's pray. God, we ask that you would receive these gifts in the spirit with which they're offered, not out of guilt or obligation but for the sake of your name, that that folks would not just receive a mask or or a meal or or be touched by by one of our various ministries, but that they would feel your presence through these efforts, that they would get a sense of the provision of the good shepherd. We thank you that we get to be a part of that process and we ask your blessing upon these, a portion of our gifts given to you so that the flock could grow wider and wider, so that more and more folks could be on that right path of salvation. We ask all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen.
3: You lay me down in pastures green The still waters you lead. You set my feet On your path, your rod and stack comfort. Set a table for me In the presence of
0: Thank you so much for being a part of worship. I want to let you know we've created a specific opportunity throughout the series for you to connect to others in the church, connect with our pastors, and connect with Psalm 23. We're going to be offering online Bible studies throughout the week. So I'm up on Tuesdays on Facebook Live. Pastor Sherry is leading a session via Zoom on Wednesdays, and Pastor Mitch is on Zoom on Thursdays. So there's the info for you to get hooked up. We'd love to see you. We also want to say just one more time, seniors, we love you, we're proud of you, and we can't wait to see all the great things that God is gonna have you do. So now, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you now and always. Go in peace, amen.